Oh, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the 209 Till Infinity Podcast. CD Slap. Coming to you live from beautiful Series, California, home of the Infinity Studios. Get it, Savage. It's Monday morning, the pod is dropped. Cue up the new soap and the coffee pot. You know these cats got a lot to say. Savage O'Malley and Billy A. Yep. Hip hop life and movies too. Keeping up on the trends just like you. CD slaps hooked up with this funky beat. Oh, you know the boys, we love to eat. Grub it. It's all part of the show. We love to bring to your earbuds hell. We even sing. Mm-hmm. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. And like Biggie said, now you know Do you need a break and escape just to ease your mind? Well look no further than your homies in the 209 Because it's time to lose all those blues that got you stressed out Give us one hour and you know we'll knock that mess out The best route is music, movies, laughter, and friends The conversation's starting, y'all jump on Come in on. And you know it won't stop, you know it don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, friend. The party don't stop, the party don't end. Now let's let the episode begin. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the 209 till infinity podcast. As always, it's your boy, DJ Billy A, and across the way from me is my man. 50 grand, get up on your microphone and tell them who you am, my friend. Mm. What is going on, y'all? It's your boy, Savage O'Malley, a.k.a. Big Skis. Uh-huh. A.k.a. Savage O'Malley. A.k.a. Mr. Take Me Higher. Yes. Coming in rocking. Hey. You're not playing today, coming in with a full band behind you. You know my favorite part about this song? No, what is your favorite part about this song? Right here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me how we talk about, uh, you know, rapper's discretion. Yes. There's some fairly rocker's discretion. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. As well, you know. Yeah, whatever it takes to bend that word, make it fit, make it rhyme, whatever it takes, you do the job to get it done. That, that's a smash hit right there, dude. That is a big, big record. You know, it's funny. As I watched an interview a long time ago with, I think his name's Billy Joe Armstrong, the lead, the lead singer slash guitar player for Green Day. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what the fuck's going on in rock and roll right now? Why is everybody singing like Cher with the Brian Russell? He's like, everyone is sounds like they want to be Cher. He's like, I don't know what the hell is going on anymore. And I didn't really think about it. And then I went and pulled up a Cher video and I'm like, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. There's a bit of Cher going on in Creed and in Pearl Jam, you know. Don't call me daughter. You know, there's a very different tone that was happening there for a while that a lot of people adopted. Time and time again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, dude. It's it's uh there were several bands that I wanna be a rock star. You know, it's just like there's a lot of they were just getting that tone in there for a while, and it was uh you know, it, it music is, it doesn't matter. You know, a lot of people say there's repetition in hip hop and when somebody strikes a nerve, then everybody just follows suit. That's music in general, man. When labels or people see a trend and see something that's working, they go for it, man. It's not just, that's not just a hip hop thing. That is a music thing. Have you ever seen the video where the guy just strings together all the R&B? Like it's just a million different R&B guys that at the beginning of the song go, before they go into the song. And it's like boys to men, it's like new edition, it's Keith Sweat, it's Guy. They all do it because it works. And people are getting paid, baby. So that's, you know, it it happens in music, man. That's it. If, If something, listen, you are just the sum of your influences, right? So if you grow up a fan of music and you got two or three bands that you just love and while you're listening to them, you're trying to write your own songs and make music, you can't help but have that shit rub off on you. It's right. going to happen. Yeah. For me, uh, it's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I find that when I sing, I uh, it, it wasn't intentional ever, 
But I feel like Anthony Kiedis and I both don't have a lot of range, but we can carry a tune. We have rhythm and we know how to put good lyrics down. So I find that when I sing, as I go back and listen to recordings, I think that I sound like him. Not anything that I was doing, like, I'm going to go out there and sound just like Anthony Kiedis. The shit just happened. But when I think about front men, some of the best front men ever, he's one of the ones I admire. Like, he never stops moving on stage. He's always got a lot of energy. He's got a, he's got great crowd interaction. He sounds the same live as he does on the record. And I just admire him so much that and they've been making music since 1980 whatever you know like they've been making music since we were 10 years old dude <laughs> like so you know what i'm saying so i uh unintentionally emulate him when i'm on stage and mm -hmm. it wasn't anything i set out to do this shit just happens like it's just you absorb shit and don't even realize it's like when uh, comedians get busted for biting jokes sure sometimes do they steal jokes 100% absolutely but if you listen to enough comedy and you just jump on stage and are just riffing with the crowd, there's a good chance you might say something somebody else said, and it, all of a sudden you go, oh, shit, I think so. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever been, a, a, not a, a, accused is the wrong word, but have you ever been told that you remind them of somebody because of the way you are, and you don't, you weren't really trying to, but then when you go back and think about it, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see that. The big, probably the biggest compliment I ever got uh, early on in Full Funky Gorilla, I'm not even sure if we were called Full Funky Gorilla yet. I don't know. The very early stages, we were just getting started in one of our first shows. We get off stage and this guy goes, dude, you sound like the Red Hot Chili Peppers before they sucked. Uh -huh. And I just went, okay, I don't think they suck, but I really admire the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And you're saying you think I sound like old school prime Red Hot Chili Peppers? I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna run with it. And you know, I got the like 311 a lot. The weirdest one I got was Limp Biscuit, And I'm like, I don't sound nothing like Fred Durst. We're not that. We, at one point, Full Funky Gorilla probably got that close to being that heavy. But Fred Durst and I's voices are like completely different. And no offense to Fred Durst, but I'll wrap that motherfucker under the table. Like, there aren't a lot of people I'll say that about. I can out rap Fred Durst 100% hands down. It's not even a question to me. Like, you know, hands up, hands down. Now put your hands out. You know, like, come on, man. We did it all for the nookie. The what? The nookie. I know it's a classic, but not the greatest lyrics. You know, mm -hmm. I'll skin your ass like a chainsaw. I'll skin you raw. Like, yeah, he's not, not the greatest lyricist. But uh, I'd have to say the one that I've never forgotten was you sound like the Red Hot Chili Peppers before they sucked. And that was probably the first time that I ever went, I guess I do. I unintentionally act like him a bit on stage, mimic his actions and his motions and even maybe some of his vocal tones. Like, you know, because, uh, you know, you look at something for 30 plus years, right. it's gonna happen, dude. It's, yeah. gonna, it's gonna happen. It's like, I heard stories about Robin Williams. He would never pre-write his material. He'd just get on stage and freestyle. And he'd realize after the fact that he told some other comedian's joke that he heard and he'd go to him and like write him a check. Like, dude, I used your joke last night. Uh, so sorry. Here's a check for four or five hundred bucks. You know, like my bad, man. Like I just get up there and, and you know, back in those days, Robin was doing coke, or God knows what, and mm -hmm. he would just get on stage and be a maniac. You listen to enough comedy, dude. You, you're gonna <laughs> right. No. Shit's shit's good. Shit's bound to happen, man. Like I I know. Hey, I'm not a comedian. I've I've butchered a lot of comedians' jokes. Like I I, I use their material. I, you know, I'm not on stage getting paid to do it, but. I'm always using other people's jokes and probably fucking them up half the time. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, man. How you been, man? Welcome. It's good to be back. What's up, man? Uh, so do you want to... So I have been... So this happened at work. And, yeah. Uh, I, I, you said unintentionally, right? Uh-huh. I certainly don't try to do this. Sure. Okay, let's hear it. And there's a strong possibility uh -huh. that I was doing it before this person. Okay. But nice. You're the originators. Yeah. The well, OG. I, I don't know about that. But, OG. But uh, the IT guy uh -huh. at uh, my place of employment called me Ryan. Okay. And I was like, at first I thought, you know, he was typecasting me as a white person. So yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. must be Brad or Ryan. It's or like that's the male version of a Karen. Chad, Is that what you're I thinking? Guess, I yeah, yeah. And I go, why you call me Ryan? He's like, because you remind me of Ryan Reynolds, dude. 
Oh shit. Okay. And, and he's like, and he's like, not looks. Like, you're a good looking guy, but like, not looks. But I, I've, I've heard you talk to people. Like, you're like, hey, that's a good idea. No, it's not. Let's not do that. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, you know, and I'm not, I've never intentionally tried to do that. Yeah. But yeah. I think I always kind of done that little, like, sure. sarcasm, sure. And, you know, thing yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And like, he means you're like the sarcastic, snarky, smart, your attitude. Also the way I talk about right. to some yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Like someone be like, I'll be like, hey, that sounds like a good idea. And it doesn't. No, how about you're an asshat? You know, that's <laughs> something Ryan Reynolds or Deadpool. I, to me, I, the line blurs where Ryan Reynolds becomes Deadpool somewhere yeah, along yeah. there. The same person. Yeah. I feel like Deadpool's real. He's just Ryan Reynolds. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I get it. It's, it's, it's your attitude and the way you carry yourself. Yeah. And it's not something you ever were like going out like, I'm going to be just like Ryan Reynolds. I yeah. want to have people that think that I'm talking like Ryan Reynolds. Mm -hmm. Never that. No, but like when he said it, and then I was like, so then, so then he came up to me like a month or two later and he's like, what's up, Brian? I was like, hey, big guy. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> and then my other friend was like, why do you call you Ryan? I was like, so I explained it to her and she's like, oh my God, I totally see that. <laughs> I, she's like, you kind of do have a little snarky little Deadpool to you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen. As somebody that's known you for 30 <laughs> years. Give or take. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a number after that three. I'm, I ain't saying what it is, but it's a lot. It's a big number. Um, I can tell you that this has always been your attitude. Uh, way before we knew who the hell Ryan Reynolds ever was. And he may, and he, and we're, me and Ryan Reynolds are probably very close to the same age. Yeah, I would imagine. I, th I think Ryan, you know, obviously he's got that Hollywood money, so he's getting facials and staying in the gym, and he's probably got a professional chef. He looks great, so it's hard to tell. But I'd say, yeah, I'd say mid-40s if I had to guess. What, are you pulling up the numbers? Sure am on my HP. All right, I'm curious now. I was blown away when we reviewed... Uh, when we reviewed Morbius to find out that Jared Leto was 50, <laughs> so I was blown away at that. So. Not only... Are we the same age? Okay. Ryan Reynolds was born three days before me. Oh, shit. Three days, same year, everything. October 23rd, 1976. I'll be damned. He's one of us. An October baby. I love it, man. No wonder I like him so much. Well, that just that just gives me that much more respect for him. So there you have it, man. So, But here's the thing. Ryan Reynolds has been super famous for what? The last 20 years? You Give or take? I mean, when was Van Wilder? Yeah, I, right. I, I wouldn't even call him super famous at that point. But Van Wilder's a National Lampoon's Van Wilder is a cult classic. And then he did Waiting, which I actually went to the theater and so I enjoyed that. But I don't think he really burst on the scene, really came into the know until Deadpool. Deadpool was what really put him on the map. I can't think of a movie where he was the fucking star that like prior to that, that was like a smash like Deadpool, like he is Deadpool. I mean, since Deadpool, he's been in some smashes. Yeah. But I can't think of a movie prior to that. So I'm going to I'm gonna say this has always been your personality, and it's just a, a real crazy coinkadink, man. It's a coincidence for sure. Absolutely. For sure. So anybody out there, you're at uh, Mr. IT Guy, if you're listening, uh, this is Savage. This is who he is. True story, buddy. Yeah. I got business cards, man. If you want to give the IT Guy one, just let me know. I'll drop them by and... Hook him up, dude. Tell him to listen, man. Why the hell ain't he listening? He's an IT guy. He knows so how to good. stream. Thank you. I, I love, hey, Niner fans. I love oh, y'all. Here we go. The Bay Area. I'm talking about faith is everything. You know, stay faith. Keep the faith. That's what it's about. How do you like the matchup against the Chiefs? Oh, the Chiefs? We're going to beat their ass. <laughs> Period. They're I noticed I don't think E-40 was that cocky this year. Oh, no, he wasn't. There was not a statement like that that I can remember this year. Now, Locksmith, on the other hand, who has gotten into writing songs after every game, uh -huh. the last song he made was like, we will beat the Chiefs, and here's why. And if you listen to Locksmith, Locksmith is a very detail-oriented rapper. So he went into the details, how we were going to break down the defense and what our offense was going to do. And now I'm saying our, this is the proverbial hour. I am not a real big football fan. I'm not a Niners fan. So when I say our, I'm speaking for all the Niners fans, you included. You're speaking as 
Locksmith, who is a 49er fan and was huge, massive, massive. I mean, like every week after the game, he's writing a song like, uh, you know, it, it's a not short. They're not short verses. He's giving he's going in with bars. Um, but yeah, I didn't hear it much for me 40 this year. I know, obviously, he was there. But uh, yeah, man. So we had the Super Bowl. It was the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. And I think for a lot of people in our neck of the woods, the game did not end the way anybody wanted it to. Um, as I said, I'm not a big football. I'm not a Niners fan. I'm not really a big football fan in general. My wife and I, as we've talked about on this podcast many, many times, that's uh, we have a tradition of going on a date that day because the world is empty. So we went to Pushkin's uh, Bakery and Deli in Roseville, and then we went shopping, um, had a little dessert, and went home. But what really surprised me the most is, you know, the whole time, every once in a while, I'd pull up my phone and check the score after the game started because I like to track it because I like to know what it's, what's happening. I'm just out of curiosity how the, how the game's going. And I got home, and my wife paid while I was changing clothes and I had taken the dog for a walk and gotten back. She went and got, I think it was Paramount Plus, got a free trial of Paramount Plus, and put the game on right before halftime. So I actually did, for the first time in many, many years, I watched from the halftime show on, and I watched. And that's really where the game got tense and crazy exciting. So uh, from, I saw Usher perform, which I enjoyed. I'm, a, I'm an Usher fan. Uh, and then I watched the rest of the game, and my wife actually made snacks, and it felt like... I, I, we've never done the Super Bowl at my house in Iowa. And she like put like dip out and some some veggies and some crackers and cut up some cheese. And I was like, damn, I just went in the bedroom for five minutes. What the hell happened out here? Like we, we turned this into a Super Bowl party and it was just us. But it was cool, man. So I got the best of both worlds. I got, um, I got to go out and have our date. And then I came home and caught the second half, had some snacks, relaxed, chilled with the dog. Um, but I will tell you this. As I'm not a football fan, I always think about you. I, uh, when it comes to the San Francisco Giants and the San Francisco 49ers, when they lose, and the Kings too, but when the Kings, I think about myself like, fuck, because I'm a big Kings fan. Then I go, oh man, I wonder if Savage saw that. But when it comes to the Niners and the Giants, whenever they take a hard one, take a hard loss, um, I usually go, hey man, that sucks. Sorry about that. I didn't this year after the Super Bowl because that was ugly and awful. And I figured you were getting hit up left and right. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just going to let him be and let him. Because I know that gut punch feeling. I, it, me, I'm not a, a big sports guy. Uh huh. But there's probably three times in my life when I felt that gut punch where I thought my team had it in the bag and uh, we got it yanked out from under us. Number one was I remember watching the World Series A's Dodgers with my dad, and I remember that Kirk Gibson home run. My dad is a massive Dodgers fan. As a kid, I'm coming up, falling in love with the A's. Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco are my heroes. And that home run goes out of the park, and my dad's going apeshit. And literally, it felt like someone took all the oxygen out of the room. Like... I couldn't breathe, and at the same time, it felt like somebody socked me in the stomach and I was ill. There was that time, and then the other two times were with the Kings. The second time was when we went up against the Lakers, the Shaq putting his foot over the free throw line, the horrible calls, and then the are, third time- Are you talking about to the 2002 Western Conference Finals? I am. That were clearly fixed, and referees did prison time? 100%, that's the one, that is the one. I'd almost forgotten about that. And then the third time was also that's the Sacramento Kings when we played the Dallas Mavericks, and we're blowing them out, and Chris Webber, I think, did he bust his knee? I think yeah. it was his knee. Blew his knee out. Blew his knee out, and at that point, you just knew that was the year I believe the Kings would have won the whole thing. That was our year to go to the championship. The Lakers weren't involved. They sucked that year. We were fire that year. Without Weber, we still gave the Mavericks a run for your money. That was a hella. I was on the edge of my seat through that whole series. When we lost, I felt sick. I can literally remember I had to go outside. There were moments where the game was so close and so tense. I was like, I can't do this. And listen. I don't play for the team. I don't have stake in the team. I don't own the team. And still, it made me feel sick. So, with a game like we had with that Super Bowl, my first thought was, damn, you know, God, Savage 
is going through that gut punch feeling right now, that horrible, sickening feeling when you love a team and you rally for a team and you've been a fan your entire life. Uh, and I felt for you, man. I, I really did. It's the same way I feel for my homie Keith every time the Raiders get a tough one. Man, and Keith is a diehard Ryder Die Raiders fan. And whenever they take a hit, I think about him because uh, we always got a joke that Ice Cube wrote the worst theme song ever for the Raiders. He and I joke all the time about uh, just win, baby, just win. Like he's just begging them to win. Like, I don't give a shit how, just win, baby, please. I'm like, that's the worst theme song from like one of the greatest rappers ever. Like, but anyway, I thought about you, man. And, and I and I felt terrible because, um, so what do you think, man? Here's, here's, here's the camps that I'm getting online from social media. And you tell me how you feel after. So there's the camp that goes, you know what? Kansas City was just more experienced. They've been there. Mahomes is seasoned. And he did what he had to do to get the job done and win the game. There's that camp on social media. Then there's the camp that goes, there's no way in fucking hell that the Niners defense plays that well the entire game. Because up till that point, it was basically the uh, field goal bowl. You know what I'm saying? There was mostly field goals happening. They hold them that whole time, and then they let them march down the field and get a touchdown. Like, and it seemed too easy. Had to be rigged. Had to be fixed. How do you feel? <clears throat> well, let me just tell you this, buddy. Yeah. Excuse me while I finish my Diet Pepsi here. Thanks for bringing that up because I thought I had one here and I don't. I know. And your mom. You, I noticed your mom was like, hey, what me to drink it. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, okay, Savage really, he must take his diet soda serious, man. Well, listen, buddy, as you know, there, yeah. are, uh, there are multiple cars in the driveway. We've talked about yes. people here all yes. the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you have that kind of thing going on in the house and then there's other people around the fridge, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Either it's, I forget what movie it is, but... The guy's way too old to be living at home with his mom. And he opens the fridge and goes, yo, mom, who touched my fucking shit? I put my name on the meatloaf or something like that. And he's getting all fired up, you know, because they, somebody touched his food. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, here's the thing. It yeah. Is, There's a little Ryan Reynolds there. Now I'm hearing it. <laughs> it's weird. I've never paid attention before. Now I'm here. I don't it. want to be yeah. conspiracy guy. Right. I really don't. Because if I'm conspiracy guy, right? Okay, it's it's very similar to eleven year old Savage uh -huh. being in love with the WWF, right? And loving Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Macho Man Savage and Hulk Hogan and going to Arco Arena because uh -huh. the WWF was coming here uh -huh. and I was excited. I can still smell it. Yes, yes, yes. Because I'd never been. See, going, I'm going to, I, I've never, I, it was a wrestling event and the, the vibe's different and like, we go and at that point, like you don't, you know, it's very much similar to when you go watch a, a concert. Mm. They have mm. opening acts. Yes, yes. They have an undercard in wrestling. Oh, absolutely. And that's usually the rookies and the people that are just learning. The guys coming up. Yeah. And yeah. guess what? And, and, and spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. Wrestling's fake. <laughs> uh -oh. If you didn't know that. Oh, boy. Well, 11-year-old Savage didn't know that. Right, right, Or 10-year-old right. Savage, right. or however old I was. Right. And that was like finding out, you know, spoiler alert, Santa Claus isn't real. Right, 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 right. Like, right. It, it, I was done. I was ruined. <laughs> we just gave a spoiler alert to Santa not being real. I love it. I love it. Go <laughs> I fucking I just, love hey, that. Hey, hey, yeah. hey. I just, I just saw like, hey, some mom tech messaging us and be like, "Are you fucking kidding me, dude? My kid's eight, and I'm yeah. listening to you guys." Oh god, yeah, yeah. So my bad. Just a heads up, Savage. You're supposed to give the spoiler alert before spoiling. I did. <laughs> so Santa ain't real. Spoiler alert. I said spoiler alert. <laughs> After Santa's not real. That's what oh, I said. Oh, it was first. Okay. I did. My bad. My bad. I missed that. I mean, not that anybody would stop at that point. Right. Yeah. Spoiler of course. Alert. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course not. But anywho. And, and it, like it was it. That was it. I was done. Yeah. It, if the NFL mm -hmm. or any of the sports mm -hmm. are scripted, yeah, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Like I don't care. I'm You're not going right. to pay attention or put my money and effort into it anymore. And so, on one hand, I definitely don't want to believe that. Now, 
do people get greedy? Do people do things and take money and let stuff happen because the fix is in? Yeah. That shit happens all the time. Right? Clearly, 2002, you know, NBA Western Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Referees went to prison. Yes. Prison. Yeah, yeah. On Netflix. You can check it out. It's Tim Donahue's story. Oh, there is a, there's an actual, I knew that yeah. I knew somebody went to prison. Yeah. I didn't know they made a documentary. Oh, oh yeah. Check that out on Netflix. Okay. Absolutely. Tim Donahue's story. Okay. That being said. Yeah. You sent me a video. Yes. It was like, did you see this? I keep seeing those videos. They keep, they're they're everywhere. Like crazy. Yeah, they're yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, it, it, like, let me just, hold on a second. Let me just bring it. I need you to listen to this. Yeah, yeah. Last year, in the regular season, mm. the Kansas City Chiefs led the league in holding offensive holding calls. Mm. In their three Super Bowl wins, uh-huh. they haven't had one hold called against them. Wow. I didn't know. They that. were the worst team in the NFL for offensive holding, and in the Super Bowl, no holding calls. And then mm. you watch the video, right? Where it there's looks like they just let them go. 15, right by. 20 instances yeah. of them just holding people. They like tackling them, grabbing them. When he goes by, or or when he's when Mahomes has the ball and he's running at the videos I keep seeing, are the people just kind of hold their hands out and they pat him as he goes by? But they're not lunging or really going hard to try to tackle him. So in t- on top of all of the holding stuff, there's a bunch of stuff where like it just doesn't look right. No. No, no. no. And there was some stuff like that in the Niners-Lions game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know that there was some stuff that was really questionable in the Chiefs-Ravens game. Mm. And that's... Listen, I'll tell mm. you this. I don't think it's a coincidence that in the Chiefs' three Super Bowl wins, mm-hmm. they had zero holding penalties. I don't think that's an accident. Right. I also don't think it's a coincidence that Patrick Mahomes has been to four Super Bowls mm-hmm. and the only one he lost mm-hmm. was to Tom Brady on the Buccaneers. Mm. I didn't even think of it that way. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The other guy that nobody's allowed to touch, right? Yeah. The other great white hope, as they would say, Mr. Boston. Yeah. Mr. Patriots. Interesting, man. I, You know what? I hadn't thought of that angle. Uh, and, and, you know, and, 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 and the bottom line is this is, and, 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 and this, my friend is the, the biggest telltale thing to me. Mm. I have a friend who is a chiefs fan mm-hmm. and he told me flat out, I don't feel comfortable with the way all of that played out. Mm. Interesting from a chiefs fan. And he said, the way the NFL kept pushing the Taylor Swift stuff, yep. the Taylor Swift angle, yeah, he's like, I told my wife, there's no way the NFL doesn't have Taylor Swift down on the field celebrating the Super Bowl. Mm. No chance. This game's over. Mm-hmm. And she thought that I was like confident Chiefs fan, and right. I wasn't. Right. I was telling her like something doesn't smell right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, 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 and I said, Hey man, I appreciate that. I really do. He's like, dude, he's like, you were the first person that I thought about. Yeah. He's like, when I think 49ers and I think decent, good fan, someone who's like, never talks shit, runs, runs their mouth, right, right, puts right, it, right. you know, yeah. gets in anybody's face about anything. It's you, man. So I, you're, you're a for the, the 49er fan I respect. Yeah. And I said, okay, I appreciate that. I really do. And, uh, I just said, I'm glad that you see that way because it's hard for me because I doubt myself because I feel like I'm biased mm-hmm. but also guess what the smell test something doesn't smell right man right right yeah. and at the end of the day like I, I trust my instincts and sure. my gut sure and uh, I don't know if the fix is in I don't know if this whole thing and there's a script and all this stuff I don't know but like I, I don't I don't know man it, it didn't feel like so if they win next year that's three in a row right 
Uh-huh. Correct. And and are would they be the first team to do that? Is that the or just the first time for Kansas City? I remember them saying that this would be a big deal. Obviously, winning three in a row is a big deal, no matter what. Has a team done that before? Or? I don't recall. I don't think so. Okay, but so I think the Steelers might have been the second. Okay, yeah, Terry. The Terry Bradshaw years with the Steelers, they were, they were beasts. But uh, yeah, so I know that they 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 were talking about that at the end of the Super Bowl. Like, man, they're going to go for three in a row, and it just kind of felt. Between the whole Taylor Swift being there and the cameras constantly being on her uh, and celebrating and how they kind of set that up previous in all the games, you know, and and Travis Kelsey and that, that whole story. And then on top of that, the, the three in a row and then the controversial win. It does. You're absolutely right. Some no team has ever won three in a row. Okay. So it feels like that they're setting this up. It's a good story, right? It's a great story. Like, if you're a casual person who doesn't watch football on a regular basis but just tunes in for the Super Bowl to see the commercials and have a party and have food and watch the halftime show, it's a great story. Oh, my God, look, there's Taylor Swift. Oh, look, there's Travis Kelsey. I listened to his podcast. He's awesome, and they're dating the biggest star in the world and this great athlete, and now they're going for three in a row, and they're going to make history. Um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, you got to raise an eyebrow for sure. I'll just, I'll just end this with this right here. Yeah. At the end of the day, I was disappointed. Yeah. I don't believe that everything was on the up and up Mm -hmm. and I don't believe that everything's on the up and up in general Mm -hmm. in in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I, the NFL is the highest watched Super Bowl ever. It was the highest, yeah. 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 Right? All I that what's that. that translate to? Money. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and so Yeah, Kelsey's not allowed to break up with Taylor Swift until after next year, I guarantee you. There's probably a contract out somewhere like, hey dude, she's and, good for us. And, and 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 I think that that's just it's just trash because you look at it, there's just a lot of things that don't make sense to me. Yeah. But you know what? And I'm not trying to sound like a bitter fan. Like, like I, and I've said this before, dude. Like, if we get beat, if my team gets beat and we just get beat, I feel the same way when I play my sports. Right. If we lose, yeah, yeah. I'm okay losing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the other team just beats our ass. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we're we're outplayed. Okay. Yeah. Listen, I'm a Kings fan. I know that. Yeah, yeah, for 100%. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but when we lose and something's fishy and it doesn't look right, it's just it just doesn't sit well. Yeah, I don't want to lose because we gave it to him. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's it. Well, did you see all the memes? I had to laugh afterwards. There's so many memes of Taylor Swift standing on stage in these very unflattering shorts, and she's so damn skinny, and she has no ass. And it just says, "Can you imagine winning the Super Bowl and having to go home and smash that?" <laughs> I was just like, and I must have seen like ten of those, and I'm like, yeah, man. You definitely know she's not using her money for plastic surgery because she, that girl is straight up and down. There ain't nothing there. Like hey, nothing, man. My, my favorite one is this, is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And his wife or girlfriend. I don't know if they're married. I think uh-huh. they're married. Yeah. Travis Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift. Uh-huh. And it says, Mahomes and, Mahomes and Kelsey, nobody better than pulling sixes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because there's six points for a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, For sure. Scoring sixes. Yeah. 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 That's funny, man. Yeah. No. Hey, the the internet won on that one. The internet always wins. There's no fixing the internet. That's just it, man. Uh, Well, there probably is. But uh, yeah, I I guess the other thing to talk about on the less conspiracy side was uh, Usher. Usher performed halftime. Are you an Usher fan? Do you like his music? I'm not anti Usher. Right. I just. It's, you know, I, I, I don't really. You're not like a big, you know, you could go either way with them. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I've, I'm not going out of my way to sure. listen to Usher. I've always been a fan. My thing with Usher is uh, I feel like he's got every album has three or four really good songs. In my opinion, I know Usher fans would probably come after me or don't at me on this one, but I don't feel like he's got a classic album. 
but the dude has material for days. So when I heard he was going to be on the Super Bowl like a couple months prior, I threw together an Usher playlist and I keep thinking of songs like, um, oh shit, he did uh, I Need a Girl with Diddy. And, oh shit, that's right. He did uh, he did Lovers and Friends with Ludacris and Lil John. Oh shit, throw that on the playlist. Oh shit, he did that track with Jay-Z. Uh, here I stand. Throw that on the playlist. Uh, so I got a playlist that's like probably close to two hours of nothing but Usher smashes, uh, remixes, features. The guy has definitely made some quality music. So I thought um, he was a really good choice. He's a showman. The guy did a hundred shows in Vegas and I saw an interview with him where he's like, I stayed in Vegas and I continued to perform until I made enough noise that they had to put me in that Vegas Super Bowl halftime show. He's like, I was not going to leave Vegas. He's like, I was only supposed to do a residency for a couple months and I kept stretching it out and pushing it out and pushing it out because I wanted the Super Bowl and I willed it to happen and he got it. And I thought he put on a good show. He brought out, you know, it was funny. He brought out all his homies. So he brought out Luda. He brought out Jermaine Dupree. He had Alicia Keys come out, who hit a really bad note right out of Jump Street, which has got to be embarrassing for her. Uh, but I thought overall, I thought it was a pretty good show, but I thought it was hilarious because a lot of the things I was reading said that normally when you do the halftime show, it's a massive bump to your streaming numbers. And you yeah. usually hit number one on all the charts. Your albums go number one, your songs go number one, but they underestimated the power of Beyonce and the Bayhive. Beyonce had a commercial that aired on the Super Bowl. And she made a big deal and advertised that once that commercial aired, she was going to put out two new songs that just happen to be country songs. They are country songs. I think one's called Texas Hold'em and one's called Carriage. I could be wrong on those names. Uh, but she released those right after the commercial and her fan base is so rabid, like way more insane than the Bayhive is nuts. They're like stands. They're like that level of fandom. They blew those songs up and they both went to number one. So Usher, I don't believe, got a number one after the Super Bowl, which is insane. Like, Texas Hold'em? Yeah. That's was it. released when? Uh, Super Bowl. I believe they, she dropped at the Super Bowl or the day after, maybe. But so, yeah. Let's say they dropped on the Super Bowl the 11th, I believe, right? I believe she dropped it the day the commercial released. In 13 days. Yeah. It has 62 million streams. Yeah. 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 That's power. Have you heard it? So a lot of country fans are going like, what the fuck, Beyonce? And then they listen to it and go, eh, not bad. So apparently, from what I'm hearing, country is the new rap. Country is the new hip hop. Like, uh, you could call it the jelly roll effect, but I feel like it's been going on for a little bit longer than jelly. Jelly just really, I think, made it that much more evident uh, that you can switch from hip hop to straight country and make a lot of money. I think what hip hop was for the last 20 plus years, where it was the music that pushed the needle, it was the music that uh, everybody else wanted to be. I feel like we're kind of slowly shifting into country. You got artists like Jelly Roll at almost 40 years old, having their biggest run in their careers, thanks to country and country radio. You've got artists, underground artists, that we appreciate like Chris Calico, yeah dropping country f songs and country features and country eps i mean wh what's the uh is it dax yeah that did that country track and then he remixed it and brought hootie on it's a great song yeah it's a phenomenal song the dude is seeing success like he's never seen he's been rapping his ass off for probably the last 10 years since i mean we saw him open for technon yeah and he wasn't getting a million plus streams. He is now, thanks to country music. And I feel like um, we're seeing a shift. I feel like it's crazy because country music's been around forever, but I feel like hip hop is not the cool kid, the cool, too cool for school, the cool kid on the block, the one everybody else wants to be. Mm -hmm. it's, make, it's shifting to country music. Um, I mean, it's just, I mean, you think Hootie went country from Hootie and the Blowfish. We just talked about him. I mean, so many artists are shifting. I mean, you got like, um, oh my God, what's his, what's his name? The dude I can't stand really popular post Malone. Yeah. Going wearing country cowboy boots where when he goes out now, he's saying he's always been a country fan. Like it's just, it's, it is what it is, man. Like, and uh, we were talking about it earlier. You go with what's popular like your night out isn't always about originality it's about what what's working like and it ain't gonna work for everybody some people are gonna make that shift to country and you're gonna be like what the fuck dude stay in your lane 
and for other people like Jelly Roll, who just, it's natural for them, it's gonna fucking work. Yeah. But I feel like, let's give credit where credit is due, Yellow Wolf was doing his shit a long time ago. And people were like, why is he singing? What's he doing? This ain't right. He was just too, he was a little bit ahead of his time, unfortunately. And, uh, can I tell you something, man? Yeah, yeah. I got it. I got to say this. I didn't, I, I knew we were, I was going to try to bring this in or fit this up yeah, yeah, somewhere. Yeah. It, 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 it really made me think about this the other day uh-huh. when uh, you and me were just randomly talking about Yellow Wolf. I think it was, we were having the discussion because he had a couple singles drop from his upcoming stuff. Yes. Yes, he did. And you, and I, and I don't think that you meant it to be like this grandiose statement. You just said, He's a goat too. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And I know I'm biased. He's my favorite artist. We've talked about this ad nauseum, if you will. But he is absolutely a goat. Mm-hmm. And just on the fact that he is as talented as he is, yeah, he is, like you said, a guy who can absolutely come out and he can chop he can rap oh, he can it? sing yeah he can he, he he can uh he's very melodic yes yeah, so you know 100%. what i mean yeah, he yeah. can he can alter all of those there's in no, the same song there's no flow he can't do okay yeah, yeah. he also has hip-hop and rap roots to the point where he was signed by eminem right he also is from the south so he's all about rock too. Yeah, yeah. Came out with a rock album with Shooter Jennings. Yep. Which I love. Yeah. You had some songs on there you liked, but overall it wasn't your taste of tea. But it got really good numbers. Oh, 100%. So yeah. it, it was very successful. Here's a man who is literally coming out and doing whatever he wants. Yeah. And he's, and, and to me, this is one of the things I was going to say about him being a goat. Okay. He doesn't give a shit about staying in the box that made him famous. Right. He wants to do what he wants to do. Yeah, he could have continued to make Pop the Trunk and My Daddy's Lambo and just trying to recreate that formula because those songs were smashes right out the gate. Those are mon- those two tracks are monsters. Uh-huh. And then he dropped his album, uh, the first album, and it, none of the other tracks sounded like that. And people went, whoa, what happened? And he didn't give a fuck. After that album, he dropped Love Story, which is a fucking masterpiece. I don't care what anyone says. In the conversation yeah. for me as one of the greatest albums of 100%. all time. 100%. And then you can throw the fact that after that came Ghetto Cowboy. No, ex- excuse me. After that came Trial by Fire. Uh, and then he has Trunk Music 3, which ain't great. But then Ghetto Cowboy and Mudmouth are fu- nominal and i think trial by fire is incredible uh he's got certified classics like uh, you could i think i think uh love story is an absolute classic there's an argument for mudmouth and ghetto cowboy as well and trial by fire you could make that argument i wouldn't be mad at you so we've got all this amazing material yeah right on top of that okay i'm gonna say right now one of the main reasons that Jelly Roll Blue mm-hmm. was because of Yellow Wolf. Yeah. Because we didn't know who he was. Right. He opened and went on that tour. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The Trial by Fire tour. Yeah. Him and Struggle opened for Yellow Wolf on that tour. Yeah. He blew up. Yes. Minor blew up. Not like he is now, but he blew up pretty big. To the point where then his next album, he got distributed by Strange Music. Right. Which also helped them blow up. Right. Now, 100%, I will tell you this right now, he probably would still be where he is, but he was able to blow up to the extent that he did now because he had gone through those two things, which I think helped him really get eyes on him yeah. and ears on him. Yeah. And then he made that acapella song during COVID. Yes. Which the rest is history. Save me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, with just him and a piano. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like right. change the world. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, like we said, the rest is history. But you're talking. What you're saying is absolutely true. Like what he's doing now for other people. Like when Jelly features on somebody else's track, 
it gives them a bump. Like I, we talked about it on a previous podcast. It's good to be friends with Jelly Roll right now because if he hops on your album, your numbers are going to go up. Listen, I love Struggle Jennings, but the fact that he's got 1.5 million Spotify followers right now or listens a month, I forget what it is. I think he's well over a million, knocking on two maybe, I forget. It's not because, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I think he's talented, but I guarantee you that's his affiliation with Jelly Roll. And, uh, you know, Yellow Wolf did that for Jelly early on. Like when Yellow hopped on a Jelly Roll track, when they were just friends because he loved the guy and just wanted to work with him, that gave Jelly a bump because Yellow's fans were strong. Now it's vice versa. Now Jelly is going to be on the new Yellow Wolf, and that that's going to just do nothing but even help yellow wolf even more than he already you know yellow wolf's got like 300 monthly spotify stream 300 excuse me 3 million not 300 uh so i mean it's not like he's hurting but uh getting jelly on your album is going to be like what it used to be to get yellow wolf on your album you know what i mean that's just where we're at right now and career wise and uh they've got nothing but love for each other and it's it's amazing to watch but uh yeah man he's absolutely a goat listen that new single He's rapping his ass off. The content's incredible. It's just, there's no country in that new single. That is a straight up hip hop song. And I told, I think I told you and Keith, he's rapping like he's got something to prove. He's rapping like, fuck you. I am a goat. I can rap better than anybody out there. And I'm about to prove it. That beat, the scratching on that, like. This is April 23, uh -huh. 2021. Right. That's Jelly Roll. Yeah. Leaving a message for Yellow Wolf. Yes. Years before he blew. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I want nothing more in my life than for. By the way, if you want to know what that song is called, it's called Yeah, Damn It. Yeah, Damn It. I want nothing more than at some point in my life for Jelly Roll to tell me how proud he is of me. There's nothing I love more than watching Jelly Roll hug someone and tell them how much he either he admires them and how proud he is of them. The You're crying. You're crying. Everybody's crying. Yeah, dude, it's it's insane. The the video where he runs into Killer Mike and he goes, oh my God, and rap album of the year goes to Michael by Killer Mike. I'm so damn proud of you, baby. Come here. And he gives him a big hug and Mike is a big dude. Jelly's a big dude. Mike's a big dude. Them two dudes hugging. And I just watched that and I'm like, oh my God, I want Jelly to hug me and tell, he that, tell me that he's proud of me. Like someday, I don't know what I would do. Hey man, hey, wait to still real estate, baby. Come here, I'm so proud of you. Give me a hug. I just want that so bad, but like, why is Bill crying? Yeah. Jelly Roll hugged him. Yeah, I told him he sold the house really well. You're getting it, baby. Wait a second. Yeah, damn it. You're getting it. But yeah, man, it's a um, it's a beautiful time to be alive if you love the artists that we love, man. I mean, you got you got Yellow Wolf getting ready to drop a new album. You got Locksmith getting ready to drop a new album. At some point in the next 10 to 20 years, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre are going to drop an album. I don't, I don't buy that. Yeah, not even a 20? No. But yeah, no, man. They did drop a gin and juice drink. They did. Their work, they're going into business together. As if Snoop doesn't have enough businesses they, already. They, they dropped and as if Dr. Dre needs any more money. They, yeah. they made this uh, two minute, highly produced. Yes. Short film. Sh short film yeah. <laughs> about basically an advertisement for their gin and juice. And everyone went crazy. They thought it was a release for yes, maybe yeah, music yeah, or they didn't yeah, know what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it slowly started to leak that it was about a drink. And then... Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it was like uh, them, they just buried a dead body. <laughs> and, uh, they're popping the trunk and they're burying something. They're both in suits. They look like hitmen. And then afterwards, they're thirsty. And they go, oh, hey, man, crack open that gin and juice. And, and fucking Snoop goes, well, you know what I'm going to be doing. He goes off and smokes a joint while Dre drinks the gin and juice. And it's it's fun to watch. I watched it once. And I'm like, okay, fuck you guys. Like, yeah, it's cool. But, yeah, it's a commercial. Now you're, now you're just mocking us. It's a commercial. You know, it's a. But, yeah, man. Um, somehow we got. I think we were talking about Usher. Yeah, we were talking about that. Oh, country. We, we, we got we into country, country music. Country, yeah, country, country, man. Country is the new hip. Is the new hip kid on the block man that everybody wants to be now and it's just it is what it is it, nothing lasts forever right yeah and that's where we're at now i, I don't think it's 100 there yet but uh i think w we're on the cusp for sure for sure dude like 
That's just where it's at, man. Listen, more white people buy records than anything else. And country fans still buy physical copies. They still listen to the radio. They still go to Walmart and buy CDs. If they're still out there anywhere to be bought. And, you know, they're streaming. And there's more, listen, there's more Caucasians on the planet than anywhere else. So if Caucasians are listening to country, then that's that's where the numbers are and that's where the money is. It's just, listen, even back in the 90s when Wu-Tang and NWA and The Chronic were blowing out Nas, was more white people was buying that than black people. It's just, it's not a lie. You know, I, there was an interview with Ice-T where he goes, look, white people buy more that you know black people will dub it borrow it from a friend just listen to it on the radio white people actually go out and buy it listen from 92 92-ish to 95-ish yeah you see a real change in the way that ice cube approaches his music mm-hmm. a little less white devil yeah yeah oh yeah yeah because he learned and there's an interview or there's a, something i don't remember if it was a if it was a uh like a, a review um an interview like on paper or in video but like black people they said that like he in the interview he's like black people don't buy albums right right they, yeah. they dub it yeah the last um i remember he's got a song called cave bitch on lethal injection where he's just talking about white people marry or black people marrying white white women and look they're you cave dirty little cave bitch you got no body you know you're not it's not stay away from me i got my beautiful black wife i don't need you and i think that was the last one of those kind of songs from cube there might be some political stuff here and there that he drops but just coming right out with it like with shit like that i don't think that was the last time and that was 93 absolutely you're absolutely right yeah and like that stuff has come up a lot just in general right yeah lauren hill destroyed half her fan base because she said she'd rather starve than a white person by her album and then she back and then she backtracked but then it damage is done yeah and then Eminem, <laughs> who is the the boy, he can really put the nail in the coffin when he said, "I'd, I'd, I, I could go into a store and steal. I'd, I'd be better off asking for a date from Lauren Hill, or there was something lying there. I'd be better off asking for a date from Lauren Hill, like." And I mean that at that point, where M was in his career, you know that album just hit. I think it was the 30 year anniversary. Insane, dude. Slim Shady LP. Uh, but anyway, yeah, man, it's um, you know, that's. We bought records. There's just more of us. It's just a number thing. Like Eminem said it on White America. If I was black, I would have sold half. I didn't have to graduate from Lincoln High School to know that. So fuck school. I'm too cool to go back. Give me the mic. Show me where the fucking studio is at. You know, he knows. He knows if he was black, he'd still done numbers, but not like he does now. We've said it a million times on this podcast. You gravitate to what you relate to. And... If you're white with blonde hair and blue eyes at that time, Eminem was the guy. Like, there's nobody in hip hop that looked like Eminem. Even the Beastie Boys didn't know. I mean, clearly Eminem dyed his hair blonde, but still, there were no blonde hair, blue eyed. Even the Beastie Boys, Third Base. Third Base had the, the Jewish afro going on and the dark eyes. You know, <laughs> he was the first blonde hair, blue eyed rapper ever. Even, even Vanilla Ice didn't have that shit going. Third Base? Yeah. Don't want to come to Oakland. No, they don't. That's a great story. Yeah, they, they, uh, and where the, the notorious famous story of MC Search on the song, he said, the cactus will turn Hammer's mother out. And the rumor is that MC Hammer put a hit out on MC Search swears that there was a hit. And they had to have gang members go with them everywhere when they toured California because uh, they Hammer put a hit out on, on MC like, Search. There's like legitimately, like they're interviewing people and they're oh, yeah. like, Hammers they, not they, to be fucked with. They told him, yeah, don't yeah. come to Oakland. Yeah, yeah. Do not come to Oakland. You got to pray. You got to pray that Hammer ain't coming your way. Yeah, you know. Pray, pray. You got to pray, pray that Hammer don't break out his AK. You got to pray. But you see, the thing was, what a lot of people said was that was Hammer's brother. and But Hammer still had to initiate that. Like, look, that dude, he's out. You know, like, now. And they're like interviewing, like, 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 there was like, they were interviewing too short and E40 and Red like Man. his brother like, like, <laughs> Red Man was like yo he ran up on me with like a hundred dudes in his camp like you're like hey man what's up like because you know Red Man made con- everybody was Hammer was a very you know when you're at the top you're a very easy target and so it was easy to make fun of Hammer look the the, the parachute pants the 
the, the he did a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial, like you know, and a lot of people are like, damn, you know, all these people that made fun of Hammer because he did a KFC commercial and he was a sellout. Now look at all the rappers that are doing like Dunkin' Donut commercials, and you got Snoop repping lighters and and and. and god knows what general insurance you know and like right, right. it's he was just and again we talked about it with with yellow wolf hammer was the when you're the first one to do anything you're gonna get shit on like that's just all there is to it but hammer opened so many doors. now listen i am not hammer's not a lyrical monster he put on a good show he was an entertainer i never he'll never make my top he'll never be in a list of anything for me for hip-hop except maybe if i did a greatest entertainers of hip-hop him and will smith would get on the list probably but he opened he, he'd make uh he'd make uh probably the top 10 list of or top 20 maybe top 10 top 20 uh songs of my youth good good that's a good one you can't touch this yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a big one man I, hey i loved it uh i never owned i never bought that album but uh i owned the first one with turn this turn this mother out and and let's get it started oh, oh. That please was, hammer don't hurt him yeah that i own the first one i think it was called turn this mother out but then please hammer don't hurt him was the one with that was the smash that was you can't touch this that was pray that was uh have you seen her was on there um god what else uh oh uh oh here comes the hammer uh oh uh oh here comes the hammer that album was smash upon smash upon smash you're talking about millions sold but anytime you're the first person to do anything like nobody we hadn't seen anything like that there you go boom what you gonna do Same beat. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I borrowed this tape from Adam Forte. Uh, he was my neighbor and he let me borrow it and I was listening to it. And I don't know why, but it was in my pocket and I went to what is that? Sober Grad. Yeah. So for some reason he let me borrow it and I was gonna bring it back to him. I lived next door to the motherfucker. And for some reason I took it with me to who? Silbergrad. And at that point, that year, Silbergrad was at Amador. And they had the pool going. They had like barbecue going by the pool, music, that DJ playing music, and you could swim. And I jumped in the pool with his MC Hammer tape. And I remember telling him, look, man, I owe you. I'm gonna have to, I'm sorry, man, I'll, I'll pay you. And I don't know if I ever did. So Adam Forte, if you're listening, I owe you a copy of Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him on cassette. That was Sober Grad? Yeah, Sober Grad. Had to be 93? Like whatever year, what you, what year did Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him drop? It was that year. You could go if you weren't a senior? Yes, you could go if you weren't a senior. You had to pay. Okay. Seniors okay. went for free. Okay, yeah. so so Adam, just heads up, you know, as your legal representation, we're talking about <laughs> severe interest yeah. for the last, you know, 35, 40 years. <laughs> oh, Savage, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> And, and you can't you can't forget the uh, the next album after he was blowing up his uh, his Dion Sanders. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. You're like white people being doing the too legit. Oh fuck! Hey, listen, I saw him on this tour, the Too Legit to Quit tour. And the reason I went, it was at Arco Arena. The reason I went. The opening acts were TLC, Boys to Men, and Jodeci. Now, I didn't really know TLC at the time. They had like one hit. But I was like, oh shit, I was in love with Jodeci and Boys to Men. Right. So I went, and you could feel, it's crazy, you could feel the tides turning. You felt like most of the people there were there for TLC, Jodeci, and Boys to Men. Hammer came out. It's the loudest concert I've ever been to. I've never been to a show louder. He had a full band. I'm talking about a James Brown band. Mm -hmm. Horn section, two drummers, guitar player, bass player, background singers, background dancers. He had fireworks and pyrotechnics. Um, and and it was like you could feel the shift on the Too Legit to Quit tour. When he came on, 
people started to leave. And we got halfway through. We waited for You Can't Touch This, which is crazy. It's crazy enough that wasn't his closer, but it was close to the end. We heard You Can't Touch This and we got the fuck out, but we weren't the only ones. And you could just feel like, ah, uh, the mighty have fallen. Like he's on that downhill slope. Like you just know. And and then it was after that album that he got desperate and he made the death row move. He made the uh, the famous, um, I think it's called the Funky Headhunter, and that's the album that's got pumps in a bump, pumps yeah, in a bump. I yeah, like I the girls right. with the pumps in a bump. Yeah. And that was when people were like, okay, he's great. That's the one he's on the cover with no shirt on and, and he's got a beanie and he's in great shape, but he's trying to look hard. And and as we learn, he was hard, but unfortunately you can't go from, you got to pray, you got to pray, you got to pray just to make it today. And then all of a sudden pumps in a bump, pumps in a bump. Like there's a really bad made for TV movie about Hammer's life and the guy from uh, 40 year old virgin uh-huh. and I don't remember the character's name Paul Rudd yeah Paul Rudd played Hammer yes whoever the black guy was in 40 year old virgin he played Hammer I don't remember his name good actor I like him but it's not a great made for TV movie but there is a moment in the movie one poignant scene where Hammer is talking to Tupac they're out on a basketball court they're shooting hoops they're talking and he Pac tells him hey man I can change right I'm doing this thug shit, this gangster shit. That guy? Yeah, Remy Malco. What is it, Malco? Remy Malco. That's him. Yeah, he played Hammer in a made-for-TV, like, VH1. You can't touch this, the Hammer story or something like it. Anyway, it it was decent. It wasn't great. But there's a moment where he's meeting Tupac. I forget who plays Tupac. I don't remember now. But Pac tells him, look, I'm doing this thug shit and this gangster shit. I can change. He's like... You're backsliding, brother. You're going from you got to pray, you got to pray just to make it today, to pumps and a bump. You're going the wrong way, dude. It doesn't work. It's not gonna. It's not gonna end well for you. And it didn't. He ended up falling out from that shit. Like he was supposed to be in the. From what I've heard, I've heard some stories where he was supposed to be in the car with Pac and Shook. He was at that fight in Vegas, and something happened. He didn't end up getting in the car, but he was with them that night. Um, just crazy to think like he literally dodged a bullet that's nuts but you're you know what you make a good point though big songs of my youth i you know and and we make fun of them everybody makes fun of them but i would have to put ice ice baby on that list if you're going to talk about game changing songs from your youth that not 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 necessarily the world's greatest artists but songs that just changed the game and that you loved as a little god fucking recorded ice ice baby off the radio Mm -hmm. on a tape and played that shit over and over i was always proud to say that i never bought his album i knew that guy was going to be a one-hit wonder i called that one i was very always very proud of myself when he came out after ice ice baby and he came out with play that funky music white boy i was like oh this guy don't got nothing else that's it and then he did the ninja rap and i remember my buddy matt sanchez bought the tape because he was a big fan and i go let me borrow that i didn't jump in the pool with it this time that Smart. one i probably should have but i don't owe him any money for a tape but i listened to it and went oh yeah he's got nothing but ice ice baby that was it that album is fucking horrific but we never heard anything like that. That fucking ding, 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 ding. That sample. And all right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice. And that dude still tours off that. Still makes millions off that song. Like he could eat the rest of his life. Now he's a fucking real estate mogul. He's got tons of cars and houses everywhere. But if he didn't want to do anything else, he could eat off of the royalties from Ice Ice Baby if he was smart for the rest of his life. So good on him, man. And I, I would imagine hammer has since i know gotten into the tech world and i imagine that like i don't know if he owns the royalties to his music but i imagine there's the publishing i imagine he still does decent off of of you can't touch this and please hammer don't hurt him i imagine that still does some numbers for him at at times nostalgia is a motherfucker man you could love something and then hate it and it's not cool anymore and then 30 years later it's like people that are going to backstreet boys concerts and, and 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 new kids on the block that were like oh my god they're like 10 again you know it's what's old is new well i'll tell you this buddy yeah we talked a little super bowl we sure did we talked a little music we did didn't plan on talking a little hammer, but here we are. Yeah, fucking, I love these little tangents when it's, it's a great conversation, man. That's, uh, 
I, your point's amazing. You're absolutely right. When I said he wouldn't make any list except the greatest entertainer, you're actually right. That was an important song from my youth. I remember taping that music video off of Friday Night Videos and trying to emulate his dance moves. There's a, and I wore the fucking hammer pants. There, How can I say that? That wasn't important. I wore a, hammer pants. There's a couple album images that I are burned in my head when I think about my youth from... I don't know, 85, 86 to 90. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Right. Before, before Snoop, before all that stuff in our late high school years, like the, and that's going to be the MC hammer. Yeah. For sure. The vanilla ice cover. Yeah. For sure. Uh, the NWA cover. Straight out of Compton. Yeah. 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 You know. I'm just all looking right. down and pointing at the camera. Yeah. That's and, a crazy one. And then uh, License to Ill. Oh. Those are probably the top four when I think Ooh. of my youth. You know what would be a good top list? Best album covers. Not fuck the fuck the uh, the content in the album. Top 10 best album covers of just the cover. Like, you know, it don't matter. There's a lot of good ones. Like, not not. Mudmouth is a good one, man. Like I like that Michael cover too. I see your Michael vinyl there with Killer Mike. Um, but yeah, man, if you I I feel like for me, Brother Lynch, that's a good one. I feel like if you dressed like the artist, like if you then they had to do, be a game changer. And I absolutely wore hammer pants ready to die, Biggie. That's a good one. I wore the hammer pants. I did the big giant vanilla ice hair when Belle Biv DeVoe was popping. I had to have overalls. And when I fell in love with NWA and gangster rap, I rocked Raiders gear and and I'd come to shirt with a, in a school in a red flannel shirt one day and a blue flannel shirt the next day. What does Eminem say? I'm wearing red and blue. Like I don't see what the big deal is. And then it's Amador County. I'm safe. I didn't fucking know I would wear bandanas, dude. I was stupid. Like you know, like, I, I can remember going to the mall with a red bandana on, Arden Fair Mall. Not smart for a white boy to do. Absolutely ridiculous. I didn't think anything of it. Wearing blue and red, like I don't see what the big deal is. Like, but man, those memories. Uh, I wit. You know, it's funny. There were no smartphones back then, so there aren't a lot of pictures. But somewhere, I'm sure in my mom's house, she's got pictures of me. I hope in that polka dot. I had a polka dot silk shirt and the big white silky hammer pants and the dress shoes. And that was that. That was my shit back in the day, dude. But anyway. Yeah, great episode, man. I had a great time. Uh, album well, covers. I like that. Yeah, That's a we good can do idea. a top 10 album covers. Let's think about that for uh, a few weeks down the line. We'll do it. All right, buddy. Hey, uh, we're going to talk about two things next week. Mm-hmm. What is that? I forget. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, please do. I can't remember now. We're going to talk about the Marvels? Yes, the movie The Marvels is now streaming on Disney+. Plus. That's right. And yeah. we're going to talk about concert life yes absolutely how easily it is to forget i'm looking forward to it so uh thanks for listening yes we appreciate if uh we sparked any uh ideas or memories uh to you as we ran down the uh late 80s early 90s (laughs) music catalog on accident on accident don't get uh or if you have any comments on uh you know the the changing landscape of Hip hop and country music and yes. pop and country music. Yes. And uh, also, I'll be honest, I'd love to hear what you guys think about the Super Bowl and about mm. everything that's kind of out there. Absolutely. Uh, you know, all views are welcome unless you tell me that you think the Chiefs won it fair and square, then <laughs> eat a dick. Other than that, though, we want to hear what you have to say for sure. Yeah. We love all right, all man. Get us out of here. In the immortal words of my man, George Clinton, anything good is nasty, but it ain't good unless you play with it. So go out there and have some fun, my people. And until the next time, we'll see you in the 209. Bang, bang. You can't touch this.